The opinions expressed on the Custody Queen Show are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for personal professional legal advice. Hi, I'm Kristen Holstrom. And I'm Sam McBride, and we are the Custody Queens. We have a new show that we couldn't be more excited about. If you're going through a custody battle, fighting for your parental rights, or going through a horrible divorce, nothing is off limits on our new show. Thought it was love, had kids in between, you can Good morning, everybody. It is a new year and it is a new you. And it's also a new us, Sam. We're so thrilled to be back here with you guys on this beautiful Saturday morning. The weather is amazing. Uh, whether you like the rain or the, or the sun, just enjoy it. Embrace the day and be present because we have so much new stuff coming out this year. We are now well into the new year and we wanted to do a show about our goals and our resolutions. Right, Sam? That's right, Kristen. We are so excited to be here every Saturday. We cannot wait. So we have some new segments that we are going to be introducing this year. And what do we normally start with, Sam? So normally we do our infamous TMI, which stands for too much information. But we decided we're going to mix it up because now we're in 2021. So Kristen and I are going to have a new segment and it's going to be talking about the highs and lows each week. And we thought, hey, it's a new year. I think we're finally ready to talk about 2020. Why don't we start off this segment by talking about the highs and lows of last year? Wow, that is a loaded question, Sam. I mean, every day I'm just thankful that my family is healthy and happy and that we survived 2020. I think that I can speak for most people when I say it is a it is definitely a year that I am happy to see go in my rear view. And although I magically and optimistically thought that I was gonna wake up on January 1st, 2021 and our world would be perfect. And unfortunately that's not the case, but I have a different outlook this year on the year. And while I have to remind myself daily that you know it's not gonna be a perfect day and that a lot of the challenges that we learned and faced in 2020 are carrying through with us this year, I am really trying to have a new outlook for me personally. So Sam, let's start with your 2020. What was your high? So I have a, I was kind of thinking about this and I feel like I have a lot of highs. Um, this year I got to go shark diving and everyone knows that I've been so passionate about doing this. I also got my new dog, Pam, my little blonde doxy. Uh, very important to me, my stepdad beat cancer. That is awesome. So that was absolutely amazing. Um, what else? My sister bought a house. And I think the most uh, valuable thing for Kristen and I was we got our show, right? So we got to kick this off and enjoy every Saturday with you. And, you and just that's stole just special. My, you just stole mine too, Sam. Well, that's what we do. We take the words out of each other's mouth, Kristen. <laughs> Those are those are great highs, and I'm happy to say that I have been with you through all of those highs, because let's face it, we spend a lot of time together. But I love those highs, and you know, I was I, I know I was there with you with your stepdad going through cancer, and I could see, you know, your face and the concern you had, and I was so excited to hear that he is doing so well. I think that that's incredible. Yeah, and you know, kind of, I guess we're doing this in reverse order, but some of the lows Kristen and I saw, um, get, we have hope in the 2021 year, but 
I feel like Kristen and I really, we just had a front seat to, you know, watching families go through economic loss, child custody issues, schooling issues, remote. And, you know, I think that we're getting better. We're not quite there yet, but we're hopeful that we have a lot more highs in the 2020 year and we're pretty well into the new normal in Cortland. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, we're not facing the shutdown with respect to the courts being closed that we were facing back in you know, April of 2020. The courts are working a new normal. And while they na- may not be working as, a, as efficiently as we all like, they are working. And we're just adapting to the changes. Every courthouse, every county, every judge, we're just adapting. So there's not going to be that period of time that we had last year where there was so much uncertainty. Right. That's changed. So looking back on my last year, obviously I had my third and final baby. So that was absolutely my biggest high, hands down. And she was working two weeks later. Actually, it was four days, but (laughs) it was counting, you know, uh, in case anyone's listening out there. Yes, I I remember doing consults with my four day old in my, you know, baby carrier because the world doesn't stop when Kristen has a baby and my clients need me. And that's just who I am. Now, there was a a couple days I, I specifically remember calling Sam saying, can you take this call? Because I don't think I've slept in 18 hours. And I knew that as a person, for my mental health, I needed some sleep. Well, the plus side is you make beautiful kits. You know, I, I do that. I tell my husband beautiful. all the time that if we do one thing right, it, it is make beautiful babies and kind and loving kids. So that was probably my biggest high personally, professionally, hands down. We met our production team. We met Meredith and Cam, and we met the Brothers on Law, which is how we ended up here, who are fabulous attorneys. And we got to share our Saturday mornings with you. And what I love about our show is that you you get to see us as human beings. We get to shed some insight with you guys about the legal world, family law, you know, do's, don'ts, how to navigate life. But most of all, just let's have conversation and just talk about life together because that's what I want this year and our show to represent this year. I agree, Kristen. I couldn't agree more. And another high, I guess, that I have to say that I had is Actually, it kind of goes to later part of our show is resolutions, but I had a resolution for myself last year to be more present with my family, with my children, just whatever I was doing. And I feel like I succeeded not as much as I would like to have. And that's, again, a new goal this year for this year. But I think that I did a good job with that. I I agree, Kristen. I think you've been very present and you managed to kind of hold it all together. You hold all of us together at work and at home. I don't know how you do it. And, and for people listening, that, that's not always the case. There are many days that, you know, there is some, some tears behind the door so nobody sees or struggling because, you know, there's nine loads of laundry that are stacked on my kitchen table that haven't been put away because I'm tired. But for the most part, I think that I was able to be more present. And for my low... I think that it was probably a low that everybody had. You know, we don't have a lot of outlets and I am an outdoors person. I love taking my kids places. I'm a huge Disneyland fan. Uh, I love going and getting their popcorn and enjoying the holiday season. So I think a low for me was really not having outlets and having to convince myself that it's not Groundhog Day. Yeah. You know, and I I think you felt some of that too, Sam, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So I think we get to now introduce one of the most exciting segments I think that we've ever had. It is called Divorce Wars. 
And what I love about Divorce Wars is these are some fictional stories, not based on real people, not based on real cases, but they are some very real topics that come up. And as long as Sam and I have been attorneys, a lot of people will say to us, oh my gosh, Kristen, you're never going to believe this. We've seen a lot though. I think we've seen it all, <laughs> to be honest. But I think that there are some interesting fictional stories that have been converted into topics that I think you guys are really going to enjoy because we get to provide some instant, simultaneous feedback to you. It also kind of reminds me, Kristen, of law school days for any lawyers out there. Our fact patterns and you know kind of hypotheticals in class so it brings back a little nostalgia don't you remember back in law school especially like your first year and you're sitting you're reading you know 200 pages a night and you're briefing a case and, and you're trying to learn how to outline a case properly and it's more like regurgitating and kind of copying but you're not really assessing and analyzing because i think that takes years of experience to learn how to do yeah it absolutely does all right, and now it's time for Divorce Wars. This is Divorce Wars. My parents' divorce seems simple. Dad cheated on mom. Mom gets custody of me. Dad didn't like paying alimony and child support to the tune of $2,000 a month after he gave up his rights. Dad had a great idea. Pay a hitman $15,000 to kill soon-to-be ex-wife. Dad goes through with it. This idiot actually pays an undercover cop the money. Dad then flies back to Canada and waits for the results. An international task force is formed to try and detain him. My idiot dad gets arrested in Toronto and is flown back to California. In this process, I was three years old and in the care of my family back down south while my mother was in protection by the police. My dad's family, apparently wealthy, gets a good lawyer and is charged with 17 felonies. I can't actually remember how many he was convicted of. He gets 18 months. After all of this, mom still had to sue for divorce and it took two years. Wow, I think I take my statement back that I've heard it all. I have not heard it all. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many different components to that. Uh, the first one is, Dad, uh, you should have got a lot longer than 18 months. And you know what? Your butt should be rotten in jail for probably the rest of your life if you want my honest opinion. But hey, I'm not a criminal attorney. Um, that's why I do family law. Yeah, I, I think that's obvious. I don't think we need to even say that's a bad plan and that's going to wind you up nowhere. But I mean, the reality is when you want to separate from someone, you have to file a complaint for a divorce in California. You have to serve the other side and start the process going. And, you know, some of these very extreme details clearly don't come up often, but the process is still the same. If you have a situation where one parent is, you know, actively obviously trying to hurt another parent. You have not only a restraining order, but it sounds like he's in jail and in another country, so he's not gonna take custody of the child. Well, it sounds like he actually got out of jail, Is it was my understanding. I think that that's what the fact pattern said, but if he did get out of jail, yes, mom would, 
mom would have wanted to file a domestic violence restraining order along with the summons and petition. Uh, two years, although it seems a lot to a lot of people listening, that is very, very common in divorce land. It does take a significant amount of time to determine how much somebody makes if they are self-employed. We have to you know, do discovery. We have to subpoena documents. There's also due process issues. And there's a statutory period of six months in California. It's called a cooling off period in the industry. Um, that doesn't matter if you have an agreement or not, if they're in jail or not, you have to wait that statutory period before California will divorce you and return you to the status of a single individual. Yeah, and that doesn't mean you can't work on a negotiation in the meantime, you can come to a marital settlement agreement, it just means that California will not recognize you as a divorced person until that six months. But that is a minimum, people. I get this question a hundred times a week. The average divorce case in California, I would say, is probably about a year. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, and a couple other issues that I just want to highlight on real quick, because that was a very crazy divorce war story. Um, and I hope mom in that fictional uh, fact pattern is safe and the child is safe. But adultery has generally no bearing on the outcome of a divorce. It doesn't mean that it doesn't come into play in specific issues and determinations. But the fact that he had an affair generally doesn't have a huge impact on the case. Right. In California, we've moved away a, a long time ago from a fault state, and now we generally plead irreconcilable differences. I think there's another box for incurable insanity, but I've never actually ran across that um, fact pattern in, in my practice so far, and I don't know that anyone I know has. Yeah, I definitely haven't. So maybe your marriage didn't go as planned, or maybe you didn't pick the best partner to have a child with. Or could it just be baby mama drama? Well, no matter what the situation is, we can help. We are the Custody Queens, and you can call us at 1-800-419-7772. That's 1-800-419-7772. So in that uh, divorce war, I hope you guys enjoyed it. There was a lot there. Uh, I think we could spend a whole nother show actually, you know, analyzing each and every one of those issues. But yeah, stay safe, people, not only because of the pandemic. If, you know, you're a victim of domestic violence, use your resources, make a call because there are options available to you. We actually have a show coming up in the near future dedicated to domestic violence and it's often something most people don't want to talk about but at the same time it's very real and there are options that you have out there and good attorneys can really help protect you all right sam let's move on to what's next so kristen and i are now going to get into this whole new year new me thing um kristen what are your new year's resolutions for 2021 well, uh, I have a few, and I think some of them are probably the same resolutions, you know, every year. For instance, getting myself more active. I do have, you know, uh, several pounds of baby weight that are stubborn, stubbornly not coming off. It's a little bit more difficult hitting 40 and having that third kid, but that is obviously a continuing resolution from year to year, is just to get outside more, be more active. I have a beautiful Peloton that I've had for several years and I don't think I've been on it in a few months. However, that is something that I'd like to commit to. But my biggest resolution for this year is self-care and self-care for myself. I like that. I have a tendency, which I think most parents and actually most people uh, do, is that I have a tendency to take care of everyone around me before I take care of myself. 
And I think that if I take better care of myself, whatever that looks like on paper, or whether it's, you know, I bought a journal. That's, I'm not someone who's a big journaler. So I bought a journal, um, you know, I'm, I'm just taking more time for myself and recognizing that it's okay to take that time for myself. Maybe work a, le a little bit less, you know, some weeks than others. Maybe take a random Friday off to spend the day with my kids outside of school and virtual learning and everything that we, you know, are normal. But self-care is something that I'm going to try to put myself first this year and that's just a priority and we'll see how i do I it's, a daily, it's a daily reminder what about you sam well i you know i've, I've been thinking what is it that i want to change about myself and that, i guess that sounds really egotistical um but i agree you know be more present i think that i spend so much time so intricately involved in my cases and and where could this case go and where could that case go that I'm often walking around kind of aloof and people are like, where are you, you know? And I just kind of have this frazzled look on my face. Uh, if you know me, you know this look, it's like the 100 yard stare. Um, but really it's because I'm always mentally in court or thinking about thinking about work. So kind of to your end, checking out and, and spending a little more time on myself. Running has always been a pretty good passion for me. And I really, I, I run regularly, but I wanna get more into it. I, I just, I, I don't think there's anything better for me to release my energy and anxiety and things like that than to go for a good long run. I'd love to play soccer, like. You're not um, allowed. I know, I'm not allowed. She breaks too many bones. I, yeah, I've, I have basic bones, as my friend once told me. Um, another New Year's resolution of mine, uh, kind of just tailing off the shark diving, because that was just so epic. I don't know how I'm gonna, I, I think I need to jump out of an airplane. Yeah, you lost me there. I am down with the shark diving and I would love to plan another trip later at the end of this year, um, you know, maybe Caribbean or something where we can do some, some, you know, free water shark diving. I am totally down for that, but you have lost me when you want me to jump out of the airplane. Yeah, I think I gotta jump out of that plane. Um, yeah. Yeah, and another resolution that I have, and I, I think this would be something you would you would say too, Sam, is that I wanna build on relationships. The relationships that I have, that are existing, that are personal, you know, there's always a few relationships that need a little bit more TLC than others. I, you know, we always forget as parents and employees and attorneys that we have some re relationships that just function on their own and we forget that they too need, you know, love and quality time. Just because that person functions on their own or just because that person is so independent, it doesn't mean they don't wanna be loved and nurtured. And I have to remember that I have relationships that I need to work on. And I also want to be able to, you know, finish some cases that have been going on for years. Mm -hmm. And the biggest resolution I have for Custody Queens is you guys are going to see us everywhere. We are going to be a household name and you guys are going to want to to jump on this show. You're going to want to go, uh, you know, on Facebook live events with us because we want you guys to be part of this journey with us. And we are so excited and we needed some time to get under our belt to get familiar with this process. But we are ready, Sam. We are so ready and we can't wait. We know divorce can be difficult and scary when it comes to the custody of your children. I'm Kristen Holstrop. And I'm Sam McBride. And we are the Custody Queens. We are family law attorneys here in Southern California and are committed to 
to compassionate and aggressive representation. With custom case strategies, we can achieve the best outcome for your case. So call us and tell us how the Custody Queens can help you. Call us at 1-800-419-7772. That's 1-800-419-7772. So Kristen, how are you affected? I actually already know the answer to this, but how are you affected when you don't, you know, put yourself first or, you know, put your resolutions at the forefront of your brain? Well, I can tell you that that's pretty much how I lived 2020. And it was a rough year. I, I put everybody else before me. I was sleep deprived. I, you know, had three kids. I had a new baby, which I still have all my kids, but you know, we're getting closer to sleeping through the night. But I can tell you that it, I really had a rough year last year. And you know, it, it was a tough one. And so I personally know that for me, sleep, exercise, working out, leaving the office by six o'clock at night, not checking my emails at 7.30, not letting other people's problems carry on into my night. And although I think I'm pretty good at leaving work at work, when you're in a position like I am at the office, work is 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Right. And I have to get better at that balance. What about you, Sam? I mean, I, I think you would agree with this, but the best way to probably describe me when I don't take care of my stress is that I'm like a Sour Patch Kid. Is am, that, I, am I allowed to say yes? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's acceptable. Um, yeah, I'm very Sour Patchy. I, if I let my anxiety or my just overall stress get to me, Sour Patch. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I, I guess I'm a Sour Patch, you know, watermelon or something in that ballpark as well. <laughs> Because I'm the same way. I, it, it's tough being an attorney. It really is. At, when, when a client calls us and we're taking on their case and we commit to it, we commit to it wholeheartedly. And you have to remember that we have, you know, 80 to 100 cases. And so we carry a lot of people's weight on our shoulders. And it's we have to take care of ourselves. And I think you guys out there do too. You're working, most of everybody is working, hopefully. If you're looking for a job, we're hiring, um, you know, but I hope everyone has, you know, employment and you have to, and then you have to come home and take care of your kids. And if you're not leaving the house, you're taking care of your kids. You're a teacher, you're a cook, you're a chef, you're a house cleaner. I mean, I was home for a couple of weeks uh, when my kids were out of school for Christmas break or, you know, the holiday. And I had to put a sign up outside the kitchen that said it was closed. Yeah, and actually, Kristen, you bring up a great point and something that uh, we both wanted to talk about on today's episode, and that's conscious parenting. And Kristen actually approached me about this, um, and I was like, what is this? You know, I'm not personally a parent, but I was a child, and so I, I, I get the premise. Kristen has kind of shown me this philosophy, and I, I kind of looked into it a little more um, it's about really, you know, focusing obviously more on your children, but focusing on what you as a parent are doing to cause a potential effect in your child's life. So just really understanding, you know, what one, you know, casual phrase can mean to your child is potentially devastating. Yeah, and a perfect example of this that really hit home for me when I started doing some researching and educating myself, because I, I know that this is an area that I can improve on. And I, you know, I was reading this and I read something that just hit home. And it was an example that says, when my child asks me to look, do I really look at them, pause, make eye contact, consciously listen to what they're saying? Most of the time I don't. You know, half the time my mom will say, no, mom, look. 
And then it's not until she said it three times that I put my phone down or whatever I'm doing and I really look at her and listen and engage. Right. And that's that's a perfect example. Another example is, you know, if my children ask me to play with them and get down on the floor and roll around and play Legos, it's to do it, to take right. that five minutes, whether I'm dressed in a suit for work, rather, you know, whether I have laundry sitting that hasn't been put in the dryer, it's to make that time and not just, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll play with you tomorrow. Yeah, and I, I think that even from a family law perspective, and you're thinking about a lot of these children that are in two-parent households or they're with one parent for significantly less time than the other, that this is a really good tactic to employ, both to make sure that your children are getting meaningful time with you during the time allotted, which is always too truncated when you have to put a child into homes, um, but also to consciously make sure that you're not alienating on accident the other parent because if you look at it from your child's perspective it can be an incredibly confusing time it can be you know stressful and I think that a lot of times parents say things they don't mean to alienate the other children or child or, or their kids in general but they do and it festers and I can remember being a child and I think we all can to some extent and you there, there are certain things in my memory that have just latched on and, and probably the person that spoke them to me would never remember them. So I just think we need to be careful what we say to our kids. Yeah, absolutely. And try talking when you're talking with your children. It's little things. Make more eye contact. You know, pause before and after they speak. Don't be reactionary. I am a very reactionary person and I am well aware of that. And when I am talking, whether it's my three-year-old, my six-year-old, or even my eight-month-old who is not saying mama yet, but we're close, um, it's pausing, listening to them, processing. It's, it's belly laughing. It's engaging with them to the point that they know that you're there and you're enjoying it. It's talking to them more about the positives than the negatives. I mean, my six-year-old knows more about the pandemic and COVID because of the news just being on when I'm having my coffee. You know, obviously it's everywhere. It's on, you know, they, they hear about it at school. They hear about it on the news. I probably come home and talk about it. And I have to take time to remember that these little brains can't process the way we have, as adults can. So I, I have been focusing on talking about more what we can do rather than we can't do this. We can't go to Disneyland. We can't do this. It's, hey, you know, we can make slime. I hate slime and I bought slime you kits. Slime? Oh my gosh. Ugh, Slime's I cool, man. hate slime. It gets everywhere. It's in my couch cushions. It gets in my <laughs> grout. I, it's everywhere. But you know what? Instead of saying no tomorrow, no next week, I literally went on Amazon and bought do-it-yourself slime kits and I sat and I made slime not once, not twice, but like three times. Did you start to grow to like it more? Um, no, but I actually got really good at making it because you have to use the activator and the glue and you have to have the right ratios. Uh, but it was just really, it was saying yes more to my kids and focusing on positives instead of how much negativity is out there because it is everywhere and it can be, it, it really can be suffocating. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you, Chris, and I think those are all really good points. All right, well, I guess that wraps it up for today's show. It was so fun to be here again, and we're here, obviously, every Saturday at 8.30 on Go Country 105. Don't forget to check out Kristen and I's personal Instagram and social medias. I'm at Samantha McBride. Kristen's at Custody Queen Kristen. If you are inquiring about our services um, or need a free assessment, a telephone assessment, 
please go on custodyqueens.com, write out an inquiry. Also check us out on custodyqueensonair.com. And if you have a question, call us. Yeah, call us at 1-800-419-7772. That is 1-800-419-7772. And remember, if you want to watch our past shows, you can find all of them on custodyqueensonair.com. And if there's anything that you guys want us to talk about, please send us a message on social media and we will get back to you. When you are calling us at that 1-800-419-7772, you are getting a call back from a Custody Queens team member, likely Samantha McBride or myself. So call us. And remember, let love rule. Thought it was love, had kids in between, you can count on us, we're the custody queens, yeah, you can count on us, we're the custody queens. The opinions expressed on the Custody Queen Show are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for personal, professional, legal advice. The persons discussed are fictional and not based on actual clients.